0: Focus on gratitude and perspective. Gratitude and perspective will get you through pretty much anything. Um, As bad as things get, there are always thousands of things that you have in your life that you should be grateful for. Very, very minor things. The fact that you have the ears to listen to what I'm saying and the eyes to see it, um, because not everybody does.
1: very excited to do this interview. I'm connecting with Zuby. That's it. That's what you get. That's his name, Zuby. He is an entrepreneur, musician, rapper. There it is. Hey, hey, how you doing, man?
0: Yeah, good, thanks, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Um, I'm very excited. First off, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and, and providing your energy and your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really excited about this interview. I've been following you for a little bit now, especially during 2020 and everything happening. Um, So again, thank you. That's
0: all good, man. appreciate it.
1: So um, let me just give you an introduction, and then we can go right into it. Uh, This is Zuby. Just simple. I love it. Zuby. Um, He's a rapper, creative entrepreneur. He's host of Real Talk with Zuby, where he talks about life, culture, society, self-improvement, and a variety of other topics. And he's dropping a new album called "Word of Zuby, which we're gonna get into. I wanna ask some questions about that. <laughs> um, but first, just tell me, t- I wanna to get to know you. What, tell me about your past and you know what kind of led you to where you're at now. And you know, if you can touch on what your red pill moment was that kind of shifted you towards talking about truth and really focusing on that.
0: Sure, man. So, um, of course, so I'm Zuby, independent rapper, author, podcast host, creative entrepreneur. Um, I was born in the UK. I'm British by nationality. I know I don't sound it. That's because I grew up in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia. When I was there, I went to an international school up until fifth grade, which is really in the American school system. So I was surrounded by a lot of Americans. Most of my teachers were American, etc., So that accent was imprinted on me. And that's what people are hearing right now to some degree. My family background is originally from Nigeria. So I've experienced a lot of different cultures growing up. You know, I've been exposed to British culture, American culture, uh, Saudi and Arab culture, as well as Nigerian as well. So um, I was a great student in school, did really well all throughout school in Saudi and then in the UK. I went to Oxford University. I studied computer science, graduated there when I was 20. And I started rapping when I was in my first year of university. And I actually released my first album when I was in my second year of university. Did it all independently off my back in the way that I still do everything. Went on to sell over 25,000 albums totally independently without a label. Just hand-to-hand combat on the streets, going out, um, setting up pop-up shops and shopping malls, etc. And um, yeah, that's really how everybody knew me to begin with. And then a lot of people have discovered me over the past two years or so, um, I had a tweet go super incredibly viral at the beginning of 2019. That's the viral deadlift tweet where I temporarily identified as a woman and broke I saw that. the British <laughs> deadlift record. And um, that led to a whole bunch of opportunities. I spent 10 weeks out in the states. I did uh, the Joe Rogan experience, the Rubin Report. Ben Shapiro show I was on Fox News a couple times. did a lot of cool stuff and um, That was sort of a a gateway to a lot of people discovering everything else that I do from my music to my podcast. Um, I wrote and released my first book as well in 2019, Strong Advice, which has now sold almost 5,000 copies. So I am a man who does a lot of different things, but ultimately my vision is around helping and uplifting and motivating other people through my talents and my abilities and in the process trying to maximize my own potential
1: in this world. So you just mentioned the, uh, the tweet that made you, you know, kind of open the doors for you. You know, yeah. I, 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 from my perspective, when I saw that, I was like, well, he knows what's up. And he's trying to make a, po- <laughs> he's to make a point here. So, yeah. so tell me, tell me, um, where was it that you, you know, for me, it was about four years ago, I had a, 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 a medical crisis happen with a person that I'm with. And, you know, I had a divorce, my house caught on fire, had all these traumatic events that happened mm-hmm. that really made me question this reality. So was there anything that happened to you that kind of pivoted you towards that and started, uh, you know, allowed mm-hmm. you to become aware of what was happening in this in this world?
0: Honestly, man, not, nothing specific. Um, nothing specific. I mean, I'd say I kind of got red-pilled in my teenage years. Um, I don't know if there was anything particular that happened. I'm just someone who... I mean, you, you,
1: you, you, you're so diverse. You, you just mentioned that you were like, I was, I was born here, but then I traveled here. I mean, you, you've been all over, and just that alone yeah. opens up those culture eyes. But, but yeah, go it ahead.
0: Sorry. Yeah, you know, I've been to like, I think, 35 countries so far, and um, a lot, lot more to come. So I'm very independent-minded. I have been since my childhood. I've never really been someone who, I'm someone who tends to influence people more than they influence me, and I'm someone who really only does things that make sense to me. I don't really care that, you know, I could be in a crowd of 100 people and 99 of them could be running off a cliff. I won't join them. Right. Unless it makes sense for me, unless there's a good reason for me to run off that cliff. I'm not going to do it just because other people are. And that kind of goes across everything. Um, I mean, I've been self-employed for almost 10 years now. So in my early 20s, I was like, you know, this corp. I I worked a corporate job for three years. And, you know, 2008 to 2011, 2011, I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I don't not care if this is what most I don't care if this is what most people do. I don't care if I have an Oxford degree and therefore I'm supposed to work in this kind of field, et cetera. I was like, no, I want to do my music. I want to go out there and I'm gonna make it happen. And I have confidence to know that I would succeed. Um, I didn't view it as okay, I'm gonna give this six months or I'm gonna give it a year as well. It's like, no, this is this is it. When I left my job, some people were like, Okay, you know, how long and how long are you gonna give it? And I was like, What are you talking about? Right, I'm not coming back, I'm gone. You know, I'm gone. And, and so, and
1: you know, that's funny. That's like a fear based thing to say. It's like, oh, are well, you going to go out there into the crazy world where I mean, we feel secure in this job? It's like, dude, yep. you don't see what no. I see. <laughs> no, I,
0: I honestly, man, I fear God. That's it. Like, mm. besides stuff that can actually kill me, I fear God. And when, when I say that, I don't mean that, uh, I don't think people realize how deep that is. Like, if you truly don't fear, every, so many people run their lives on fear. They're afraid of this. Oh, Zuby, you're so brave for speaking out. You're so courageous. I love the fact you air your views, whatever. You're so brave. You're so brave. It's like, why is everyone living in fear? Everything's fear, 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 fear to do this, fear to do that. Like for me, like I said, unless something is going to, unless something has a potential to kill me, right? Then I don't fear it. I don't fear the mob. I don't fear being canceled. I don't fear being called names. I don't fear temporarily failing on my way to success. That's how, you, that's how you get success. So with me, I'm, j- I'm just so strong-minded and sh- strong-willed and I'm so firm in my belief and my vision of what I want to achieve, not just for myself, but for other people. I literally feel like a moral compulsion and an ethical duty to do what I do. And for me to not do it and for me to not say some of the things I say, despite having them floating around up in there is actually to me immoral. It's, it's, mm. it's unethical, right? Same um, with my music, with my podcast, with my book, with everything I do. If I have knowledge, if I have something that can help people and I'm keeping it for myself and I'm being selfish with it, then that is unethical to me. I had to write my book. I had to write my book, Strong Advice, because I've been going to the gym for more than half my life. I've learned a lot about nutrition. I've learned a lot about diet. I've learned a lot about mindset. And there are millions and millions of people, billions of people in the world who want to improve their physiques and want to improve their bodies and want to improve their minds and are trying to elevate in different ways. And I have knowledge that can help hundreds of millions or billions of people potentially. So I've got to do something to help it get out there. Not everyone has the ability to write songs. Not everybody has the ability to rap. Not everyone has the ability to do live performances. Not everyone has the ability to, to have conversations like this and be eloquent and to be articulate and to get thoughts across. So all of these talents I have, all of the skills I've gained. I have to put them out there in the world. I have to. If I don't, then I'm not just letting myself down. I'm letting, I'm letting God down. I'm letting my family down. I'm letting the people down. I'm letting everyone down by just being selfish. And lo and behold, by doing that, it also makes you successful. You become successful by helping other people and adding value to their lives. So the more people I help, the more successful I become. So I don't think of everything just as like, Oh, I want to make money. I want to make more money. I want to do this. It's like, no, like, how can I help more people? What can I offer a value to people? And when you switch that in your head, you will end up making more money, but you'll also just be, you'll, you'll be helping people. It's a much for anyone who's an entrepreneur or is a, or is a wannabe entrepreneur. Don't think, how can I make money? How can I make money? How can I make money? Think, how can I help people? What do I, what can I give, what product or service can I create that is going to help people and add value to their lives? And if you crack that code, health, wealth, relationships, whatever it is people need help with, then in the long term, you'll be successful if you persevere.
1: I love that you said that um, because it really is, there's a, there's a, uh, I think the key is the intention behind your actions. Like uh, what's your intention in going after the the success and the wealth and all that is it really just for the money or is it for something deeper and i think there is that intention sets a certain type of energy where it kind of attracts and that's where the success comes from because you you start attracting people because they go whoa i want what that guy has because it feels different coming from this guy whereas somebody that's really just wanting cash it's a little desperate this is like desperation behind it and it's almost repelling even Um, yeah. And I think this also has to do with, with fear. You know, you, you said earlier that how can you go out there and, and, you know, people are going to, they're going to call you something or they're going to, they're going to think this of you or that of you. But, you know, it's really about looking that fear in the eye and going, nah, man, that's, that's not, that's not part of my reality. Uh, and I Mm -hmm. think that's beautiful. Well, yeah, um, man. Yeah, go ahead. ahead.
0: And most fear is overblown and you know, when it comes to criticism, I mean, I'm glad it's taken me so long to reach the level that I've reached. Um, people have to remember to some degree, you know, I've been grinding. I've been, I put out my first album in 2006, so it's like 15 years for me to get to where, I, to where I am. So I've been dealing with criticism. I've been dealing with praise. I've been dealing with hate. I've been dealing with love for a long time, really, since my, since my late teens. You know, the whole idea of people who you, you've never met either telling you that they freaking love you or telling you they hate you or anything in the middle, right? Like... It's, um, it's, it's a weird thing, and um, the volume of that has increased, but firstly, the love massively outweighs the hate, and also, it's not, it's not real hate, because people view you as sort of as an, as an avatar. If someone doesn't really know you, they have all these assumptions about who you are and what you believe, etc. And even when it comes to people calling you nasty names and things like that, um, I mean, something, the way I look at it is, if, something calls me, if someone calls me something that I am, then I own it right? If someone if someone tries to insult me by calling me something I am, then I own it. I agree and I amplify. And if someone tries to call me something that I'm not, you know, as long as it's not too heinous, then I don't care because I'm not that thing. And I'm secure, and I'm confident. And anyone who knows me knows that I am not that thing. So it sort of just rolls off of me. So there's not much that someone can say to me that sort of shakes me in that sense, especially if it's coming from someone who. I have no idea who they are, never met them, never interacted with them, whatever. They can spew whatever they want on me about on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, whatever, and it's there, um, but it's like, why, why, why should I care? Like, why, why should I care? The people who know me have a high opinion of me. The people who know my work generally have a high opinion of it and have a high opinion of me, so those are the opinions that don't matter. If it's a fair piece of criticism, if someone's like, okay, I don't like this particular thing because of X, fair enough. You know, that, no, that, that's fine. And then um, at the end that, of the day, it's like, what, what
1: kind of, what, what, what is your opinion about yourself? First of mm. all, right? I think that's where it starts. It's like, what are you, how, you know, self-love. That's what we go back yes. to. It's like, if you if you have that love towards yourself and, and, and you have your opinion about yourself, everything mm-hmm. else is just like white yeah. noise, you know, just people giving their opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And, you know, everyone has everyone is entitled to an opinion. Everyone has a right to an opinion. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that all opinions are of equal Value or equal accuracy, so people can say whatever. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion on me, on anybody out there, and they're allowed to to share them. That's fine, right? I support their right to do so, but it doesn't mean that I need to care. Let alone allow it to stop me doing what I want to do. And it's crazy how many people let random opinions of people who they don't even know and who don't care about them stop them from achieving potential greatness. Um, mm-hmm. There are people out there who want to. Do what you're doing There's people who want to do what i'm doing There's people who want to start businesses start a podcast start a youtube channel write a book make music whatever it is why don't they do it because they're mm. afraid of judgment from random strangers oh what if i make a youtube channel and someone writes a mean comment i'm like really you're gonna let that possibility and that random person sitting in wherever they are to prevent you from doing something you really want to do like think about that it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't make the, sense l- the limitation
1: the limitation is here, and you got to exactly. break through that cage first. That's like the first step. Once you break through that cage, it's like all of a sudden the world becomes your oyster. Literally, anything is possible.
0: I Absolutely. When we live in we live in a time of stupid opportunity, oh. ridiculous levels of opportunity. I mean, what what we're doing right now is this is witchcraft. Like this is magic,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> I got a black <laughs> mirror in front of me, and I got this guy I'm talking uh, to. I was... Yeah. Like like where where are you? i'm in uh, uh arizona in the
0: u.s you're, you're in arizona i'm in southampton in the uk we're speaking in real time like through you're, you're in the
1: future <laughs> i'm in the past <laughs> i mean I'm a immersion
0: and, <laughs> and, 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 and pe- people are watching and then we can post this and hundreds of thousands of people can watch it like it's it's all magical social media is magic youtube is magic podcasts like, all of this stuff we're doing we take it so much for granted and it's just like yo the opportunities out there, whatever it is that you do, however niche it is, however weird it is, whatever your message, like there are like minded people out there, and you can't appeal to everybody like I said before, but there are there are millions of potential people out there who will connect with you, connect with your message, if you have a product or uh, a service that's valuable, they'll potentially support it, whatever it is that you do um, and I think that sort of clicks for sort of clicks for some people, but they don't really. Understand just how truly magical this period is because th- this is unprecedented. We've never had this in history before. Like this conversation, what we're doing right here, this was literally impossible up yeah. until, I don't know, what, 12 years ago maybe to do it like this? Like, it, it, it wasn't a thing. And now this is here. True. here even,
1: five, even five years ago, I mean, to have, yeah. because uh, the internet wasn't fast enough at that time still, so you couldn't do this kind of stream. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, somebody quoted. I forgot who what the, who quoted this or who said this, and I might be butchering it. But it's uh, magic is uh, what is it? Uh, magic is oh, just technology. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up. I know <laughs> it's, well, it's,
0: um, it's something like in the future, um, technology will be indistingu- indistinguishable from magic or something like that. Yeah,
1: it's just like it's just like technology that we haven't uh, figured out yet. Basically, that's exactly. what magic yeah. is. And it really is. I mean, once you start to really dive deep into this reality and, you know, look into like, I mean, we can go down that road for a while uh, into like uh, physics and, you know, quantum, quantum entanglement and, you know, all that stuff. We start to realize, oh man, this reality is magic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there is a power that we have within us to make things happen. And what stops us from moving forward in that, in that process is ourselves. Is this like this brain that, you know, we have. We think that it's the thing that helps us survive, or, or no? It's, we think that it's the thing that helps us thrive. It's actually the the, the thing that helps us survive, and survival mm. doesn't necessarily mean thrive. Survival means like protecting you from getting hurt, and so yeah. it, that's what stops us. That's what stops that process moving forward.
0: Exactly, man. Everything is fear. You know, anything that you want to do but you're not doing. Every it's fear is the most powerful human emotion. I think. Yeah. Some people think it's like love or it's anger. I think it's fear. Fear controls. Nothing controls like fear does. Nothing controls. It, you like know, what I've, I've said
1: this before. There's only two fears that are natural. Only two. Mm-hmm. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Mm-hmm. Falling, yep. Everything else is taught. <laughs> yep. yep. So, so, so it's not natural to be in fear. It's not. <laughs> it's natural to nope. be in a love state, in a, in a, in a, in a peaceful state. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. it creates That's 100%. creation, yeah. hundred percent. So, so you may you mentioned um you mentioned uh, that whole thing about yeah you know I say it's it's projection and shame. The society has like normalized projection and shame, where where we we fear people you know c- calling us something and shaming us for it. Um, I know in twenty twenty so much has happened in twenty twenty, and I'm sure we can spend a whole other hour on that. But um, there was there was a lot of. Um, you know, I guess now it's called cancel culture. There's a lot of suppression, a lot of censorship that happened in 2020. Were you, and I know the answer to this, but were you, um, did you experience that firsthand? Um,
0: well, I mean, I guess that that was my okay dude thing. That was the uh, So, so tell me about where... it. Cause
1: I saw, I saw that on, um, on, on Joe Rogan and I'm like, Oh, okay. interesting. Cause you have a song called okay dude. So did yeah, one, yeah. did one happen before the other?
0: Oh, yeah. Everything was inspired. The merchandise in the song um, came after the incident. So this is over a year ago now. So end of February, end of February 2020. Um, I had a tweet just going viral. Um, it was something about uh, it, was, it was like a, it was a list of like five tips for single women on how to get a great guy. And I this tweet was just going viral and people were laughing at it. And some people were some people loved it. Some people were angered by it, etc. And anyway, there was like a flood of messages coming in as, as happens. And um. Someone, I didn't even know who it was, some, some person with a blue check mark, you know, verified person on Twitter, uh, said something like, this is terrible advice, um, I bet I sleep with more women than you do, or something like that. Weird flex, you know. Um, but anyway, I just responded to I just quote tweeted, and I just said, okay, dude, dot, 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 that was it. Um, went on with my life. One week later, I was on a train back from London, and I received an email from Twitter telling me that my account has been, I've been locked out of my account. My account has been suspended for breaking their rules around hateful conduct, and I'm just like, wait, what? Like, I thought it was—I thought it was like a spam tweet or something. So, so sorry, a spam email. And then I open it up, and I'm looking at it. It says, you know, here's Twitter's hateful conduct policy. You may not discriminate, insult, or harass people based on their race, gender, sexuality, um, gender identity, all—all all, all of these things, religion. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. Like, that's—that's not—that's not generally how I operate. And then um it said this is the tweet that violated our policy and then i look at it and it says okay dude and i'm like that's it (laughs) what i try to go on twitter and i'm I'm locked i'm locked out of my account i'm locked out of my i've been on twitter since 2009 11 years later i get locked out for saying okay dude literally just those two words um so i made an appeal because i'm like this has to be some kind of error um I got a human review the following day and they came back to me and said we've reviewed this and we can confirm that this violates our hateful conduct policy to get unlocked you need to delete your you need to delete this tweet um or you know your account stays locked essentially so I you know I got about you know over 200,000 followers at the time so I um I deleted it and then I came back and the first tweet I posted when I came back so I went to, the, I went to um, a shop the next day and I got um, a t-shirt made. I'm not wearing it right now. I was wearing it earlier today. It just says, okay, dude on it. Um, and I posted a video on Twitter of me dancing, wearing this t-shirt, just saying, okay, dude. And saying, oh, so oh, I, love I love that. I want to yeah, get that exactly. started. <laughs> the video got like over half a million views. Um, and then so many people were like, yo, I love that t-shirt. I love that t-shirt. So I put the t-shirts up for sale the following day and sold, I think 200, I sold 200 of them. The following day um and, and the whole okay dude thing became like it became a meme it, like it became a thing like i now kind of own that phrase like it's a catchphrase kind of thing and then um i sold a bunch of merchandise with it hats t-shirts and then um, i made a song uh it's actually on my on my upcoming album the single i released last year it's called okay dude um and it became one of my most popular songs <laughs> and so uh yeah the person who did that they ended up creating a little five five figure business for me so um (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah yeah i I think it should probably probably send send this person um a free shirt (laughs) yeah a free free shirt or something but um yeah it was really vindictive what happened and it was it was pretty bizarre but um it was uh (laughs) i'm seeing in the chat people are quoting the lyrics from the song yeah um yeah you know that that's how it that's how it happened so what Um, what
1: um what how, how did that how did that open your eyes to what was happening in, in this culture no oh,
0: I, I, I already knew man like there was nothing it didn't open my eyes i was just shocked that how it, it was like
1: this is this here's an affirmation a confirmation of what's actually yeah. happening yeah. dude i mean I, I
0: i like let's be real like i've, I've got way more spicy I've, I've had way more spicy posts on social media than okay dude um <laughs> like, that, that was there's no controversy around there. There's no there's no anything right. There's no anything. So it was just like, oh wow, that's like so egregious. Like anyone, regardless of like your beliefs, where you want to play. There's nothing that someone can say. Oh, okay, like you know that was that was a little bit that was a little bit on the edge. You know that violates a hateful conduct policy. So that one was um it was very very silly. So it kind of showed how far things have gone. Um, but I'm an entrepreneur when life gives me lemons, I make lemon, I make lemonade, and then I squeeze the lemon in the, in someone's eye. So um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it all worked out. Um, you know, so you, you speak a lot about freedom and about, you know, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of tweets just about um, the way, the direction that this is going with the lockdowns and, and you know, um, I, I have my own perspective here in the U.S. Uh, how has it been for you there in the UK? And what are your thoughts on this whole uh, hey, if you want your freedoms, you got to get this jab? And I don't want to say the word because AI is listening.
0: Honestly, man, it's disheartening, man. I've never felt less patriotic, to be 100% honest with you. It's really hard for me to. Um, I've always been a relatively patriotic person, and um, it's hard for me to be more patriotic about being British. Man. Honestly, like I'm sad with the way that the country is going. I'm sad the way that people are behaving, and responding. Like, it's one thing I've been, I'm disappointed with the government by nature. Like, I don't trust the government. I'm pretty libertarian. So I'm not, um, I expect the government to do what a government's going to do. Um, yeah, so I've got my disappointments there. But I'm disappointed with how many people are just rolling, how quickly people just rolled over and accepted it, not just accepted it, but are demanding it, are advocating, are advocating for it. It's like people, people don't want freedom, right? People, like now, yes, people now hate the idea of freedom. And I think, again, talking about this concept of fear and its power is, if you can strike fear into the heart of a population and into the heart of a collective, then not only will they accept authoritarianism and tyranny, but they will demand it. They mm-hmm. will do de- something I've really learned. And this allows me to i mean it's dark this past year is this past year lets me understand the 20th century completely all the, wow. all the all the stuff that happened in the 20th century from a psychological perspective i can now totally understand it i can totally understand it. you strike fear into the heart of the population you use propaganda you shift the blame onto certain people etc and the powers of fear and social pressure and conformity and not wanting to question the narrative, not wanting to question the experts, not wanting to go against the authorities, etc. cetera. Um, it leads people to groupthink and groupthink can lead to really, really dangerous places, really, really dangerous places. So from a psychological perspective, like the phenomena that we have seen over the past year have been pretty mind-blowing to me um, because all that's happened is The same things I believed at the beginning of 2020. (laughs) Like 2020, everyone, virtually everybody was on the same page as me. Like, Hey, you know, this is governmental overreach. The government shouldn't be able to be able to, to, you know, force healthy people to stay locked up in their house. They shouldn't be forcing you to cover up your face or wear certain articles of clothing. They shouldn't be um, forcing private businesses to shut down indefinitely While they're still being taxed and still paying their rents, et cetera, they shouldn't be allowed to force you to take an injection or take a medication or anything against your will or to participate in normal, decent society. All of these things, everyone agreed: conservative, liberal, libertarian, whatever. Everyone was like, "Yeah, of course. Like we all agree with that. We live in a free country, right? You live, you know that. No, that that stuff is for North Korea. That stuff is for communist dictatorships and fascist regimes, et cetera. And now here we are." one year later, they've made it illegal to leave the country. (laughs) They've made it illegal to go outside without a reasonable excuse. They're floating the idea of making people show their papers to do basic things and essentially using coercion tactics to try to enforce mandatory vaccination without simply calling it that. Um, All the things that so-called conspiracy theorists like uh, myself and other people warned about early on and started ringing the alarm. On the <laughs> and it's, all, it's all coming to bear. You know, this whole thing was sold on a two to three week promise, right? You know, we don't want the NHS to get overwhelmed. We need to flatten the curve. We want to make sure we get enough PPE and buy enough time to understand what is going on here. And most people are like, okay, fair enough request. Um, I opposed the government mandate from the beginning. I've opposed lo- lockdowns from day one, right? I don't think it should be mandated. Mm-hmm. But... Most people, you don't even need to tell them, right? I, I've been saying, look, in a, in a true, really frightening pandemic, whatever, you don't need to tell people to stay at home, right? Like, they like they, they will, right? If, if people yeah. are just concerned, they will, especially if they're vulnerable, et cetera. Um, and now we're here one year later, and people are trying to bargain with the government for basic freedoms. They even ban, they're trying to ban protesting. How can you ban protesting? I,
1: I just saw so that. I was like, can... what is going on? Now it's getting so Exactly. Silly
0: exactly right it's it's gotten silly a long time ago and people are still saying we need more of this we need more of this so i'm more disappointed in the people i'm more disappointed in you know big up everyone who's not who is speaking out against this and who isn't tolerating it but it's blown my mind how many millions of people have just been like okay fine i'll do whatever i'll do whatever they say oh you don't want me to see my own mother for like eight months okay i won't see my own mother for eight months even though i'm not sick and she's not sick um oh, you don't want me to go outside? Um, okay, I won't go outside until you tell me that I can. Oh, you don't want me to, you you want me to do this? You want me to, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And the social pressure is insane, right? To anyone who yeah. speaks out against it, it's, oh, you don't care about people. You're selfish. You're going to kill grandma. You this, you're that. You're an anti-vaxxer. You're a science denier. All like It's just, and that's very telling because, Good arguments do not rely on insults or ad hominem attacks. Right? If someone disagrees with my position, or if someone is trying to convince me or change my perspective, whether it's on mask mandates, or it's on lockdowns, or it's with stay-on-home orders, et cetera, like come with facts, come with data, come with reason, come with reasonable, rational arguments, right? And I will listen. I, I I'm I'm open-minded. I'm open to like whether people agree with me, disagree with me, I'm happy to have conversations, but Everything is just based on coercion and bullying and harassment and name calling and at home. And that tells me people don't have a solid argument. And a year into this, they don't. right? If you're here in March 2021 and you're still saying, like, oh, we need to keep these lockdowns going, we need to keep these house arrests going, we need to keep everything closed, whatever, especially with the UK being the most vaccinated country in all of Europe and 95% of the vulnerable people being vaccinated at this point. I'm like, you're you're insane. You're not being being an honest, serious person, you know? And I think a big problem is that the UK population has essentially been paid hush money, right? So people have been put on this furlough scheme. So a lot of people, millions of people are still getting paid for doing nothing. And they've kind of grown accustomed to that and they kind of like it. Like, I think a lot of these people kind of like lockdowns, especially people whose lives were not that interesting before, right? Mm -hmm. People who don't really travel that much and weren't particularly sociable and they weren't really doing all that much before like the idea that you could just stay at home and watch Netflix and you know eat trash all day for <laughs> and get paid for it you know it's a perverse incentive so I think if you ended the furlough I think if they ended this furlough scheme I mean, now it's going to go on until September or something but I think if they end it like, think, I think despite British people in general being pretty compliant I do think like people would have been people would have snapped by now but I think that um there are just too many people who are comfortable with it like i don't everyone i know or anyone i've spoken to who's like super pro lockdown those are people who have barely been effective they still got their job still got their livelihoods they're still making money um you know they're they're, they're pretty comfortable and so yeah. it's, it's when you're in that position it's very very easy to act like you have the moral high ground and you know call everyone else names and just tell them to stay home, protect the NHS, stay home, stay home. We're all in this together. It's like, no, we're, we're, not in, we're not all in this together. We're not, you know? And it's funny, you know, with me, like, I mean, 2020 was my best business year. So I could easily be, if I were a different type of person, I could very easily be there, you know, lecturing, lecturing all of you rubes that you need to stay at home and protect the NHS and wear your mask and wash your hands and do it. Like, I, I, could, I could easily do that and virtue signaling, collect my virtue points, you know, as a somewhat public figure but I have empathy, right? For everyone who's saying that, oh, be selfish, what I'm like, No, like I don't, like I'm good either way. Like I'm protected from this virus and I'm protected from the main consequences of these lockdowns, but I can see the picture holistically and mm. lockdowns have very severe consequences. They've already had them and they're gonna continue to have them. I would literally say for the next several decades, like this is gonna have aftershocks, just like we haven't totally recovered from the 2008 economic crisis. This is gonna have an impact in 2030. This is gonna have an impact in 2035. Like this is gonna go on for a while. Think of that next generation of people who are coming up, right? They're gonna, it's gonna have to be paid back somehow. There's not the magic money trees out there. If people aren't working, then um, you know, the money has to be coming from somewhere. And if it's just being manufactured, then um, that's gonna lead to massive inflation. That's gonna lead to debt. Like there are so many things, mental health, physical health, people dying of all whole host of other causes um economic damage debt the impact on children the impact mm. um you know potential suicide rates there are so many things let alone let and one of the big ones just being the massive uh infraction on civil liberty and freedom mm. again we're supposed to be a free country like that's the myth that was sold to us our whole lives like you know <laughs> you, you know you can generally do what you want to do and now in less than a year um, in less than a year, like it's all been yeah. I mean, there are there are places which are not known as free countries, and they're freer than the UK. They're freer than Australia. They're freer than the USA in some places. And, and so, um, it's been pretty. It's been very, very bizarre. It's been very disheartening. At the same time, as someone who does my best to inspire and motivate and encourage people, I try to give people the real talk and not, you know, mask my views or whatever, or be all happy-go-lucky all the time. So I try to keep encouraging people to you know stand up and fight and speak out and don't don't be a wimp like don't don't let people just kind of roll you over um, because you know the more you comply the the more the noose tightens that's the situation right I think you're going to get out of this through compliance but no you have to get out of it through through resistance you know I think we need, I've been saying for six months that we need large scale civil disobedience right things aren't making sense people just need to go out there and just. You know don't absolutely no 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 violence no like you know criminal behavior whatever but just you know if you run if you open a business man open it if you run a gym you're gonna have to like open it like start patronizing businesses just go about normal life you want to see your friends you want to see your family go and do it if you're not sick yeah. like you don't be running around outside with a mask on it's, it makes no logical sense um there's nothing scientific about it it's just social control and i feel like we're playing like this huge game like this huge game is being played Most people know that it doesn't really make sense. Like, If you speak to people privately, most people are like, "Mm, yeah, it doesn't all really make sense. There's been a lot of hypocrisy. There's been a lot of goalpost shifting. Some things have not been as effective, been effective, but we're continuing to do them. Some things that are effective, they're not talking about, et cetera. Um, There's another agenda going on here. So I don't know. uh, We're living in a big social experiment right now.
1: You know, and I think this all goes back to what we talked about earlier about fear. Uh, it feels like 2020 was this moment for me. I mean, I agree with you. For me, it was like the best year ever. I, I felt like it was, a, a for, uh, you know, an awakening, a, a, a way to look at this reality differently. And it seems to be that because of that fear, it either made you made the person go in that direction of awareness or... Mm-hmm harder into this matrix and got to yeah. kind of embed themselves even deeper into that reality. And, um and clearly, you know, it's just about once you gain that awareness, then you can start to see the opportunities outside of this reality. And not just like, Oh, man, I'm, you know, they're telling me to lock down, I got to lock down. No, man, I can see there's opportunity here for me to be different and get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the key.
0: Another thing is, you know, at this stage, a lot of this is just saving face saving face in eco protection that's what it is running away from
1: the shame and not wanting to to feel that feeling yeah yeah and and
0: this also relates to something else you touched on earlier when you were talking about cancel culture and this is a thought i've been having for a couple years now which is that society society needs to remember how to be forgiving you know the Mm. concept of forgiveness seems to have uh seems to no longer be trendy right so in the past week, there have been a couple high profile cases of people literally losing their jobs and being cancelled because of things they wrote on Twitter as teenagers right wow. you about- yeah, you know it's uh was it the uh something happened at teen Vogue, stupid magazine, but you know regardless principle wise um you know they hired somebody I think she's like in her late twenties, and it turns out that when she was seventeen she uh she, you know she she said a bad word on Twitter or something right and I'm just like what is this about like this whole thing of you know when they haven't actually made a mistake but when someone does make a mistake then you know you have to be able to offer grace and offer forgiveness and i think part of why people are so people why people double down and they're tripling down and they're you know doing all these things to save face is because they know especially politicians especially politicians they know that if they admit to making a mistake they're gonna get blasted Right. So they'd rather continue. They'd rather continue to be wrong. They'd rather to continue to wrong with policies that are not just helping, but are actively harming. They'd rather do that than say, you know what? You know what? We were wrong. You know, we were wrong. Our estimates were off. Our models were off. Come on, man. In the USA, they were saying that this thing was going to kill, what did they, they They said two to three million people. Yeah. In the UK, they were saying that it was going to kill like, you know, half a million plus people. They, they, they were saying that, you know, the, the, um, the death rate could be as high as four or 5% actually turned out to be closer
1: to 0.1%. Um, it was like, it was like l- less than the flu every year, even. <laughs> whatever I mean, my understanding.
0: Look, so, so instead of just saying, okay, we've got more information, instead of saying, okay, we've tried the lockdowns, we're comparing your places the lockdown and didn't, and we're saying, okay, you know, these lockdowns are not, they're not effective. Not only are they not effective, it's slowing the spread in the way we thought they'd be, but they're causing all these other, all this other damage. So let's 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 stop right but they don't want to do that because the the politics is not forgiving the media is not forgiving the public are not forgiving like no one is forgiving right everyone just wants to be doing gotcha 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 like get that person get this this headhunting attitude and it seems to be permeating so many things in modern western culture that's literally what cancel culture is instead of someone going okay this person made a mistake can we show them some grace if assuming like they actually you know they've They've asked for forgiveness. They've repented, um, or even that what they did wasn't even that egregious in the first place. You you see that one a lot. Yeah. I see a story and I'm like, that wasn't. This person didn't even make a mistake. Like they made a valid point, and now you're trying to catch. And, and all the
1: and all the cartoon. I mean, Peppa Pew and the Mr. Potato Head. It's like, what is going on here? Where we, what direction are we going towards? It's
0: also a massive distraction from the stuff that matters. Yeah. I and think that, and that's the thing is the,
1: is, the, is the key is like looking through what they're mm-hmm. propagating, what they're pushing out. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I always tell people, like, be careful of facts that instill an emotion. You know, the journalism shouldn't instill emotions. It should be like fact based. And then mm-hmm. you determine yourself what, you know, how you feel about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it feels like that's, that's, the, that's the whole point. Yeah journalism,
0: yeah, journalism has turned into activism. I mean, yeah. if you live in the USA, what is the most. Nonpartisan, unbiased news source in the USA.
1: Right now, I would say it's these newer ones that have been popped. Well, honestly, social media right now, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just, in ge- just in general, yeah. like these lives. I- I've watched. These- this is my news source nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I- I'd say maybe like Newsmax or uh, Own. But even then, like there's mm-hmm. still a little bias, just based on, based on based on the writing. actual cultural things that are yeah. happening. But yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, but see that—that's the problem. I mean, the fact that—I mean, look, I mean, and I, I know—I know a lot of people in media, and I've—I've I've been on some of these programs. But as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to news, opinion is different. But when it comes to news, there shouldn't really be left-wing news and right-wing news. The news should be the news, right? Yeah. Left-wing news shouldn't be a thing. Right-wing news shouldn't be a thing. It should just be the news, right? Tell me, tell me what's happening. Don't tell me what I'm meant to think about it and exactly how to interpret it. But this is what's happening. But, um, you know, in the UK, I think, you know, there's a lot of bias, but I think it's, there's some that are at least more neutral and objective. But in the States, it's like, people have to realize you are, they're properly, you, you are always being propagandized. You're always being sold to, like almost every waking moment of your day, you're being propagandized. And you can't stop that and you don't need to stop it, but it's something that people should be conscious of and be aware of. So when you're watching TV... Take stuff with a grain of salt. Even when you're yes. watching, you understand okay, is there, there might be a little bit of an agenda. This is here. actually, you're, you're yeah. putting,
1: you're putting, you're pointing, you're hitting the nail on the head of something that I always say, which is take in all perspectives without bias and then discern yourself. Because anywhere you look, you're going to get one end of the spectrum or the other, yep. and you're going to get one feeling or the other. So it really, who can you trust? You can't trust anyone but yourself. Even yeah. even this, even this live that we're doing right now, you know, this is my opinion. This is your opinion. This of is our course. perspectives. Of There's course. a lot of agreement here because we've, we've experienced life, you know, kind of similarly. But at the end of the day, you need to look into yourself and connect your own dots and do your own research and and take in, like I said, take in all the perspectives mm-hmm. and and reaffirm. Or else, then you're just like you're just in habitual thinking patterns. You're not really exactly. thinking for yourself. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's something I tweeted the other day, which I think is exactly what it is. And I said, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in telling people. I'm much more interested in encouraging people to think than telling them what. Right. So I want people to think like, I'm not saying, hey, I'm Zuby. I'm the almighty Oracle. I know absolutely everything about everything. And I'm always right. Just listen to me and do as I say. No, I'm saying, think, ask questions, be critical. If something doesn't make sense. Say okay, well, wait, hang on. Why? Or think about this, or think about that, or whatever. We may come to different conclusions. Off, we may come to different conclusions off the same information, but at least do at least do the thinking. And I, I'm like yeah. this across the board. Like I don't think I've ever told people, say for example, like in an election, whether it's in the UK or the USA, right? I have my own views, right? I have people who I vote for, and I'm generally quite open about it. But I would never tell people who to vote for. Like, you must, you, sh- you must vote for this person, right? I won't even tell people to vote. I'll just say, if you're going to vote, look at it, look at it critically. Do your own due diligence. Don't just, oh, this celebrity is voting for this person, so I'm going to vote for who the celebrity, oh, my mom votes for this person. So I like, no, just like, do your own thinking. Look at the sides, weigh them up. We all have our biases and our different belief systems, which is fine. And go with what makes sense to you. Don't just go, oh, I'm black, I'm voting Democrat. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> what, what, yeah. what the heck is that? Like, this is, it's, it's insane to me. Like, it's insane to me. And the fact that people want people to even think like that, like, that's not thinking. That's not yeah. thinking. You're outsourcing your thinking to other people. You're being enslaved. You're acting like a sheep. And I'm just like, yo, just do your do your own research. Do your own thinking. I'm not telling you what the final conclusion should be or must be because that'll change depending on who you are because we all have different beliefs. But at least think at least question things at least listen to different perspectives um just do do that basic work that's what i encourage people to do i don't i and and i love that and as a result like um of course i have tons of people who generally agree with me in my audience but i have people who disagree and they know that they can disagree and that they can dissent and we can have conversations without it being um you know super hostile or without me you know being a being a douchebag to them or what like in my own friendship group, in my own family, we don't all agree on everything. Like, since when like, there's seven and a half billion people in this world, the expectation that everyone's going to agree with you on everything, politics, religion, social issues, culture, like, of, of course not. We're, we're all different. But tolerance yeah. is being able to live in a decent society and be decent towards people despite them. Like, that's literally what it means. It doesn't mean everyone is stuck in this narrow little Overton window and anyone outside of it is a racist, sexist, Nazi, misogynistic, white supremacist person who is transphobic and hates everybody. It's like, come on, man! Can we I get I mean, that, out?
1: that's that's literally when you stop growth. When you when you stop taking in new perspectives and you stop lis- you know, hearing people and not just sitting there and listening to the words, you are taking in new perspectives and you're growing. You're allowing your nervous system to for that belief system to be tested. Yes, and, and then mold it to something better and bigger and become a better version of yourself. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Exactly. That's,
0: literally, that's literally how you learn. And even if you disagree with people, having these conversations creates empathy because then you can understand different perspectives. So I have my own perspectives on a lot of things. I have some very strong opinions and I have some, some opinions that are not so strong. Um, but my strong opinions, I, I find, here's something I find, I can often... I can debate myself better than ninety nine percent of people can debate me, (laughs) right? Because I've I've reached my opinions by thinking about it from all these different angles, right? So I'm happy to have like questioning it.
1: You you do that that practice. Seems like you do that practice of questioning. I do
0: it all the time. I do it all the time, right? Like I was I was raised a Christian. I believe in God. Okay, I'm a theist. I believe in God, but have I ever have I ever like Thought about, like, oh, you know, what about the other side of this? Like, I'm not someone who, I'm not someone who, like, totally doesn't understand how someone can be an atheist. Like, I totally understand. I could make a fantastic argument for atheism. I could make a brilliant, like, I'm not an atheist, but I could make a great argument. For it. Like I could be in a debate and they ask me to debate the other side and people will be like, whoa, like this guy's like a hardcore atheist so like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Right. But I've had these conversations and I have some of my best friends, some of the people I've had the best conversations with, do not believe in God. And we're there sharing our perspectives. I'm telling them why I do, they're telling me why they don't. We're not just calling each other horrible names. We're really trying to understand each other. And it's like, okay, cool. Like I can get that. This is what I think, but I can understand you. This is what I think, but I can understand you. And the more people can do that, you know, conservative, liberal, um, left, right, you know, this, that, wh- whatever it is, if people can at least have that understanding and realize that most, the truth is, and some people don't like this, <laughs> some people don't like this, but the truth is, most people have good intentions. It's very, very rare for someone to hold their beliefs because they're rooted in hatred or in evil, in some type of uh, bigotry or discrimination. Like, that is rare. It exists, but it's, it's rare. It's rare most their beliefs based on what they think is actually right and what they think is good. Now what we think is right and what we think is good can vary a lot across the human nature and the human spectrum. But if you can understand that um, and this is much easier to do in real life, right? You know, on, on social media, it gets messy, but if you can understand that most people do come from a good place, even though it may, they, may be, they may be mistaken, mm-hmm. they may be wrong. Or they may just have a different opinion, which is neither sort of right nor wrong. Um, if you can understand that, then it actually makes it a lot easier to have decent conversations and to uh be friends or at least be civil with a wider range of people and all of that. And it just helps you to understand the human experience better. Cause like I said, man, there's there's billions, there's there's so many people. Um and also just having that degree of humility and being willing to being willing to be wrong. Being willing to say, "Oh, I don't know," <laughs> like people don't like saying, "I don't know." Like that's right. Being I don't, know, I don't, I, I have a rule that I don't trust people who never say, "I don't know." Right? <laughs> yeah. I going to answer <laughs> for right. absolutely everything and can't just be like, "I don't know," right? Then that's not an honest person because there's stuff that I'm like, yeah. I, I
1: nobody know. knows everything. Period. Nobody knows everything. That's the, no. that's the point. Yeah. You know, I, dude, I. This was a great conversation. I don't want to keep um, keep too long here, um, but I wanted to just get your just uh, pers not perspective, but um, a little more in depth on this new album and kind of what really uh, what kind of motivated you to to do this word. Uh, it's called Word of Zubi. So, That's right. So tell me about it, because I, I apparently I saw a video of you talking about it on Kickstarter, and it's really like a you called it your best album or, or the most the most. Um, uh uh, raw album
0: i guess so Mm. tell me about it yeah man well a lot a lot has happened since my previous one um you know i've been 10x my audience since i last released an album at the beginning of 2019 a lot of stuff has happened um all the stuff we've been discussing all of that stuff filters into my creative process so some of these conversations about be it about politics religion things happening in culture um my personal experiences me achieving certain levels of success or going through certain struggles, whatever it is, all of that has filtered into my songwriting process and into my album. And then beyond that, I've also just become a better artist overall. Um, I've just become a better artist. So I'm really excited about this album. It's got some incredible collaborations on it, both from um, with British artists and with American artists as well um, and producers from all over the world. So man, I, Every single track on, I love, I love every single song on it. There's not a song I'm like, mm, I don't know if this one should be on the album. It's like, it's super tight. There's no fat. It's, uh, it's just, it's a really, really tight album. If you like the content I put out there on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on my podcast, you like the stuff I talk about. Um, I think it's an album where even if people don't typically love hip hop, they're gonna like it. And if you do like hip hop and you like me, then you're gonna absolutely love it. You're gonna absolutely love it.
1: The 2020 for me opened the doors to music because there's all these new, new artists coming out and really wanting to speak truth. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, that resonates, man. I, I get it. I get it.
0: Awesome. awesome. Yeah, no. So I, I'm, I'm so excited about it. So if people want to support it. My Kickstarter is still live. Um, the link is actually in my bio on Instagram. So if you want to pledge, you can get it on, um, download CD. I'm also doing um, a couple hundred limited edition vinyls. It's going to be a purple vinyl. That's my color. Um, <laughs> going to be a limited edition, uh, double 12 inch vinyl. The artwork is awesome, it's beautiful. Um, I'm going to sign all the vinyl as well. So, if you want to support it and back the project, I'm a totally independent artist, so it's all 100% fan funded, so it's all appreciated.
1: You know, you're you actually just reminding me, um, you know, I'm I, one of my expertise. I've been in the crypto industry, I know you, you've interviewed oh, yeah. a few people in crypto, I've been in since 2014, and um, I love because you're independent, and there's this like decentralized flavor to being independent in this society now, like we're, if you're not just, you know, easily just signing yourself off to a label, you have to really do the work. And that's what crypto is all about. Is like this mm-hmm. community building and bringing people in that believe in the project. Um, have you thought about putting your stuff into NFTs? I don't know if you've heard about that, non-fungible. Yeah, a, lot,
0: a lot of people have been asking me this over the last couple of weeks. Now. Um, I thought about it, not in depth though. I mean, because I'm doing this Kickstarter campaign at the moment, I'm like very much like I don't want to get super distracted from this. Like, let me yeah 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 focus on what I've already got going, and then later down the line, I can look at this and see if it's something that I can that I can integrate. But um, I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, I did do my uh, collaboration with the Bitcoin movement back in December. We did a limited hats and t-shirts, which are all um, secured using blockchain technology. You can you can scan each item so um that's cool um so yeah man i'm super into crypto so that's uh that's another thing i
1: I always have to ask that because i I, i'm building a course around it and i'm teaching people about it so i like to just plug it in there at the end to you know get the person's perspective on the crypto industry but it it, clearly you're you know what's up you know it's this this new movement towards really disconnecting from this rat race and Mm -hmm. kind of creating your own abundance i love that i love it awesome man you were I just this was one of the probably one of my top interviews. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure to really connect with you and share the energy. Um is there is there a last thought or something you want to leave people with? Uh you know, I always kind of ask this question, um, is there any sort of spiritual practice or grounding practice that you have, uh especially during those moments that are triggering, you know, this 2020 really put people together in situations where, especially if you don't have the muzzle, you know, one person's like you're killing people and it's like well you are dumb <laughs> no, whatever. so what what kind of practice do you do man um
0: honestly there's nothing particularly gnarly that i do um i just pray every day um but focus on gratitude and perspective gratitude and perspective will get you through pretty much anything um as bad as things get there are always thousands of things that you have in your life that you should be grateful for very very minor things the fact that you have the ears to listen to what i'm saying and the eyes to see it Um, because not everybody does if you've got a roof over your head you've got friends you've got family you've got working hands fingers body parts uh, you don't have any sicknesses or illnesses or nothing too serious Um, you've got an education you have the ability to you live in a certain country whatever it is that you have um, we're all blessed and we're all privileged. We all have our problems, but we're all very privileged as well, especially if you're watching this. So recognize that and be grateful for it. And it will also give you perspective, because if you, you know, if you see what's going on in other parts of the world, or you see the way certain people are suffering from different things and you realize, oh, wow, actually, things could be things ain't perfect, but they could be a lot, lot, lot worse then, um I think it helps to keep you grounded, keep you humble and Of course, we all have our frustrating, our frustrated moments. Trust me on that one. I I have them every day, but in the grand scheme of things, it it sort of keeps you on a positive.
1: Wow. That was, that was beautiful, brother. Um, You know, when when there is nothing you can think of, think of the simplest things in our lives and that grounds you and that brings you back to this reality. And that's in the moment. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you. Zuby, you were again a pleasure. Thank everyone. Thank you, everyone, for watching. You guys were awesome. Um, And I hope we can do this again, brother. Thank you.
0: You have a good one. Take care.
1: All right. You too.